0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Mike Tomlin is back in Pittsburgh, but who's going to be running the show on offense? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80, and. On your smart speaker, as always,
2: presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. Joseph, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Doing quite well here in the confines of our studios in Bristol. You have a different backdrop today. It looks quite interesting. Mm. I believe you're in a different location. What is going on?
1: I am in uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, home of the Little League World Series. Well, not this month. (laughs) No, not in the month of January. (laughs) I passed by Howard J. Lomity Stadium just a little while ago, and there appears to be some snow on the ground, so I don't think the kids will be out there today. But having said that, yes, I am here for the uh, local uh, teams, the Williamsport Crosscutters annual hot stove uh, dinner. And you might say, well, why? Well, my first job ever was here in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, calling minor league games. So I came out for this dinner. I've been meaning to come out for a few years. Very excited uh, for that. Tim Kirchin will be here among others tonight.
2: I believe that's not the only reason you're there, aren't you? Isn't the big boy being honored tonight? Uh, maybe
1: a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, the big boy might be getting into, you know, the Bowman Field Hall of Fame.
2: Little Hall of Fame action. Little well, historic Bowman Field Hall of
1: Fame. Yeah. Hey man, the- do we
2: have the big round of applause? There, yeah. there
1: we go. That's
2: fantastic! Congratulations.
1: Yeah, my wife did not make the trip, holding out for Cooperstown. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was basically. You're doing what? You're okay. Where? And what month? Okay, let me know. When, All right. Wh- yep. Hope it goes well. Does <laughs> the is the award the Marconi? No. Okay. Need I'll me I'll
2: to fold you know. some shirts for you for your travel bag? <laughs>
1: I didn't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pair of pants run through the laundry. That's what I
2: got. Well, this is still great news. All jokes aside, have a wonderful time while you're out there. Let's get Thank some you. lunch. Let's call it a show.
1: I love it. I love it, and I'm thrilled to be here because these people
2: really gave me my
1: first break. So, at yeah. any anyway, at any rate, talking about a break, I think it's a big break for the folks who are about 200 miles west of here in Boom. Pittsburgh to get back mike tomlin as their head coach now having said that joseph that's great um as somebody who obviously likes the steelers i think it's a terrific thing that he's coming back i think anybody that thinks that they should have gotten rid of him is out of their mind and i'm glad that he's not walking away my next question is who is the quarterback and if that quarterback uh, is not someone that you can win with i.e not kenny pickett not mitch trubisky certainly not mason rudolph Uh, then we are going to be right back here in this same situation next year. And the options are quite limited. So it makes me believe that Mike Tomlin, while he was ultimately responsible for drafting Kenny Pickett, also has to figure out what the solution to his problem is.
2: All right, so let's start by establishing this. We're done with Kenny Pickett after 24 starts? Are we done? I'm close to it. I'm close to it. Does that seem a bit brief? I'm not saying you're wrong because I've I've heard other people say this as well. You know, Pittsburgh's going to turn the quarter, they got to figure out the quarterback position. And I'm kind of scratching my head. I'm like, man, I I just got used to watching what the Giants were doing and what some of these other organizations have been doing the last few years. I look down, I see Pickett started 24 games over two Mm -hmm. seasons. We're done? We're already throwing it in? Well, here's why I would consider
1: throwing it in. Because you haven't seen enough for a guy that played 50 games in college. You know, nor, Kenny Pickett's like 25, 26 years old at this point. It's not somebody that is coming in and is 20 years old and didn't play enough in college. This is not bringing in Anthony Richardson like last, like the Colts did this past year. This is bringing in Pickett, who had a lot of experience under his belt. And that was, to me, one of the big selling points of when they drafted him of, hey, this guy has actually been around he was at the university of pittsburgh he played 50 games there there's a lot of experience he's an older guy so you would hope that this would come a little bit sooner in terms of that development and i haven't seen enough personally to buy in 100 percent that he's the guy if mike tomlin is coming back doesn't that make you think that he feels like he can win in relative short order
2: It certainly feels like he knows he can compete, right? I'm I'm curious as to, like, the Tomlin element of him coming back. I'm curious as to whether or not the rumors of him possibly leaving were just wrong or if that was really on the table and perhaps he had some discussions with ownership and they came to an understanding about certain changes that need to take place. And as a result, he got the assurances he needed to feel comfortable resuming his post as the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because we keep hearing about that locker room. We keep identifying the wide receiver position as the problem in that locker room. I wonder if that's going to be the first big change, if somehow the Steelers are going to quietly start working the phones when it comes to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And or, maybe not both, but maybe they're working the phones trying to figure out, let's get these guys out of here, and then let's reboot and try to get it going with Pickett. Or are we standing pat with the wide receivers and we're moving on from the quarterback? Or are we moving on from both or are we moving on from nobody? A lot to get through. Maybe not enough time. Well, to me, it's about the quarterback, but also
1: getting some of the immaturity out of there. Pickens is too young to bail on with as good as he can be. He wasn't anywhere near what he was promised to be this year with Pickett. I I think George Pickens has a lot of ability, but he's got some growing up to do. And you saw that the other day when he's throwing his helmet, and after the game, the first thing he's saying is, I can't play the Bills and the refs. Settle down, son. Okay? You need to... Just dial it back a hair. Deontay Johnson's been around enough where if he's a problem, they have done a great job over the years of replacing those receivers and finding the next guy. Yeah. Now, back to the quarterback for a moment. I thought Marcus Spears this morning had some intriguing options that he threw out there, one of which I absolutely love. It needs to be either Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields. And when you think about this team, it's a tremendous amount of talent. You look on the outside with Johnson, and obviously you look in the backfield with what they were able to do down the stretch. Kirk Cousins has shown that he can elevate wide receivers. He can elevate an offense. And then you look at Justin Fields in this division, his ability to run the football, throw it with accuracy, how he ascended at the end of the season as well. And Mike Tomlin is a quarterback away. They make the playoffs with no quarterback. Sometimes we know they would make it with with either one of these guys. Look at what's gone on for the last five or six years. The last part of that for Marcus is spot on because Roethlisberger was nowhere near his normal self, or or his younger self, I should say. Uh, over the last few years of his career, he hung on and sucked every last dollar out of that organization. And then the last two years, you haven't had representative uh, quarterback play at all, and you still found yourself this year in the postseason and last year playing to get in the postseason in Week 18. Justin Fields as a Steeler would be amazing. I, I think that would be a a absolute great, great move. I wouldn't have a problem with Kirk Cousins either. They're absolutely a legitimate contender at that point but one you're going for the long haul solution at the position and one you're going for the short term. Justin Fields, you know how much I love him. They may not win the Super Bowl with him next year, but I think he could absolutely be the long-term answer to the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh.
2: We're going to hear his name linked to a lot of teams because he's a very appealing prospect if the Bears decide to move on. You know when you're building a football team, you got to look at it from two different ways. Number one, how do we build internally? What's our identity? Who do we want to be? How do we want to establish our culture? And then you got to look externally at your division specifically. What does it take to compete in the AFC West? Well, you're going to need pass rushers and corners because you're going against Patrick Mahomes. What does it take in the AFC North? It takes a big arm at quarterback. It takes a big physical body with a big arm. Because you're going to play in Baltimore in the winter, you're going to play in Cleveland in the winter, you're going to play in Cincinnati in the winter, and you're going to play your home games in the winter. The AFC North is a very, very unique beast that Mm -hmm. requires a very particular set of skills, much like what (laughs) Liam Neeson is capable of delivering in the 4,000 Taken movies that we've been treated to over the last three decades. But Fields checks the box from the big size standpoint, from the ability to run standpoint. Having played his ball at Ohio State, there's a lot of crossover appeal. Pittsburgh and Columbus, Ohio, not far from each other at all. Lots of Steelers fans in that region. It'd be easy to get behind. It just comes down to whether or not the accuracy issues are something you can get behind. I know Marcus was talking about how that improved throughout the course of the season. It's still not great. And his ability, Fields that is, to process information quickly, still a bit of an issue. Go to the end of that Browns game they played late in the season, just couldn't figure out how to do anything late in that game when they desperately needed to put a drive together to keep the Browns at base so they could win that football game.
1: If you're gonna go short term, I'll throw you one more. I wouldn't hate Russell Wilson. I wouldn't hate it.
2: What do, what do we mean by short term? We talking like two years, one yeah,
1: year? I'm like one or two years. Ah, oh, wow, Russell. I don't in Pittsburgh.
2: hate it. I don't
1: hate it because they're they're obviously dumping him for nothing. And you're you're going to have to take on whatever the money is, however that whole situation is going to work out. I do not hate the idea.
2: Is that the type of quarterback personality that you want in that locker room? Given some of the issues you got now,
1: depends. Is Russell Wilson figured out that he can't be the same guy that he was that reached that diva
2: level? Yeah, has like Denver humbled him? Is the question? Like has yeah, Denver I, humbled him? Because if it has,
1: it's intriguing. I feel like it's well. It's, it's tough to say that it has. It should have. Yeah. With I mean, any normal no, human sure. being, it should have. <laughs> but this is also a guy that had an RW on the side of an airplane that he owned at one point. Wouldn't
2: so. you have a CC on the side of your airplane?
1: I would not. No? I would not. No. no it would be I, on the side of yours? Very stealth. Very stealth. I would. I don't want you to know where I am. I don't want you to know what I'm up to. There's no need for anybody to know anything. I would try to uh, not even have a, a tail number.
2: Your your private plane would be a stealth bomber.
1: If, if I could be, yes.
2: Not a lot of luxury inside up on of those. Radar. Not no. a lot of luxury inside.
1: <laughs> not a lot of luxury. Not a lot of room. I'd like to see myself try to get in one. That would be great.
2: You'd get it. You'd go to get in that thing, in the U.S. military would be like, "Whoa! This defeats the entire purpose." <laughs>
1: Like even if I went for a ride along on one of those things, I don't even know that I could get in. Like that would be forget about the you know the upside down uh, going at four G or whatever the hell it is. Now that's no problem. It's the fact that I'm snug in here like I'm in forty two A on a on a you know on a seven thirty
2: seven. You're you're in the one that's going over the Rose Bowl on New Year's <laughs> Day, and you just see it like hovering low. You're like the the B twenty six bomber this year moving. Quite slow and low (laughs) compared to years past. Seems to be (laughs) wobbling.
1: It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. So who the Steelers quarterback is, is just absolutely fascinating to me. Also fascinating to me, what's taking so long? What is taking so long? You know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, find out next on ESPN Radio. Is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. I don't know if you're jerry jones how you don't make that decision to move off from mccarthy and entertain the possibility
2: of hiring bill belichick that's gonna be the guy that everybody looks to right away as a prime candidate for that job if he makes a move it's just logical because jerry wants to win i don't think bill
1: belichick is nearly as concerned about control over personnel as he is about control over environment and jerry jones is the environment and that's a situation i don't think belichick will want anything to do with What's taking so long, though? Like, this this should be a relative no-brainer for Jerry Jones. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with our easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at progressivecommercial.com. I don't know what's going on, Joe. Normally... I would have expected this, not necessarily to get done the next day, but at least by Tuesday with Jerry Jones. And if he is waiting for a specific candidate in Dallas, I think it's a little foolhardy to believe that there's only one guy, that being Belichick, who could potentially upgrade your situation. I have so little faith in Mike McCarthy, even though he has won all the regular season games that he has to continue going down that road because I need one specific guy as opposed to a few different candidates who are going to give me a better chance in the postseason than he does.
2: Here's what's perhaps the most telling. Game was on Sunday. Game was in Dallas, so there was no travel back required. It is now Wednesday. If McCarthy was still your guy, by now you should have announced that. You don't have to have the replacement if you are moving in another direction by Wednesday. But at some point by now, you should have come out and said, look, I know there's a lot of speculation, but Mike McCarthy is our guy. He's the future of the Dallas Cowboys. The only reason you wouldn't have done that by this point, A, some sort of crazy emergency that's gotten in the way, of which we know nothing about, or B, you're out there operating behind closed doors trying to figure out if there's a better option that can jump in. That's the only reason that this delay would be taken to this point because you don't need to have a new coach in place if you're moving on from him. Like, that doesn't have to be announced by now. But if McCarthy was the guy, don't you think by now Jerry would have said something? I would have thought. But I I also,
1: at the same time, believe Jerry has no problem whatsoever making him dangle. No problem making Mike McCarthy dangle because that fits the mold of the coaches that he's had the last couple of times after Parcells of thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah, that's basically what it is. You're going to do whatever I want you to do. And that's it, period. That's why Jason Garrett had the job as long as he did. And McCarthy, while he has had all the regular season success and has won 12 games three years in a row, that's all nice. It doesn't mean a damn thing. Not when you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It, it shouldn't mean a damn thing. And I thought this was very telling from Troy Aikman, who appeared on the Stephen A. Smith show, Stephen A.'s podcast. I personally don't see that happening. And part of the answer in that, Stephen A., is because Jerry's 81 years old. And does mm-hmm. he want to go through another regime, a new set of coaches, and all that goes with that? It's not as simple uh, or as clear cut, I think, as a lot of people might think. Okay, but what what does Jerry have to go through with all of that, right? I mean, first of all, he's been the GM, and while the talent is good enough to do what it did during the regular season, the coaching is not making the difference. And I I think him as the GM has not been a good combination because he's out there trying to take even more credit for when things go wrong. We've talked about that chapter and verse. So if he's not going to make a coaching change – because he doesn't want to deal with a new regime. like what? What kind of an excuse would that be to me if you're trying to win?
2: Not the type of excuse that would make a whole lot of sense if you're trying to win. It might yeah. make some sense to him in some regard. Like, I don't want to bring in a whole new staff – have to flex on these guys, how to teach them how it works around here, how to get them in line with my program. I don't want to bring them on board, right? I don't want to do the whole onboarding process. I'll just stick with Mike because Mike understands how we do things around here, and Mike's done a pretty good job, especially during the regular season. No, that's because,
1: in other words, Mike will take it. Michael deal with my crap. He'll
2: take it. He'll handle it. He'll he'll get on board with the way I want things done. And maybe that's more important to Jerry. The actions speak louder than words. Jerry wants to win a Super Bowl. Yes, those are words and those words sound good, but his actions point to someone who doesn't necessarily have that as the top priority. The one thing we know about Mike McCarthy is that he's not going to deliver when you need him to deliver in crunch time. That's not his thing please do not point to a Super Bowl a couple decades ago with a different franchise and a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Right now, that doesn't matter to anybody. Can McCarthy take a Dallas team that, let's be honest, with the collapse of the Philadelphia Eagles, there were really only two teams that should have been making a run at this thing, with Detroit maybe a distant third. Dallas isn't even in the conversation, and we're just coming off wildcard weekend. You are further away than you've been in years from this thing. You need to find the guy that can take you to the next level. McCarthy's not that guy. This was the year to demonstrate that. Ask yourself this. If you're Jerry Jones or you're an advisor to Jerry Jones and you're sitting in the room and you're asked the question, should we bring Mike McCarthy back? My first question that I would pose to everyone would be this. If Mike's back, what does our team look like next year? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think everyone would think the same thing. We're probably good enough to make the playoffs and then flame out. And if you're okay with that, bring him back. Because that's who he is. He'll get you to the playoffs, and then he'll get out coached.
1: Can I ask this question? And I think it's a silly notion if we're talking about it five years ago. But maybe it's fair to ask now. Still an attractive job? Dallas. It's, it's a head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, yes.
2: But look what you got to deal with. Well, if you're... Jim Harbaugh, you're not taking that job. See, we'll talk more about this throughout the course of the show. Jim and the Chargers is a nice fit because the Chargers aren't going to meddle with Jim. That's Mm -hmm. not who the Chargers are. The Chargers' mantra is to be cheap. That's what they're labeled as. But they're not meddlers. Ownership is not going to get involved in what's going on with the day-to-day. Jim doesn't want someone bothering him in that regard. How do we know this? Jed York, as a young owner with the San Francisco 49ers, used to meddle. Harbaugh hated it. Harbaugh hated it so bad he dressed him down in front of the entire team once, and that's what led to the divorce between those two. So, Harbaugh leaves for Michigan. Jed York goes on his way where he hires Tom Sula, fired by Chip Kelly, fire, followed by, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan, and they seem to have gotten it right. But that's what we know about Jim. He's not going to want an owner meddling, Jerry meddles. So, in terms of how attractive the job is, you're probably limiting your your, your candidate pool when there are other appealing jobs out there because of how the owner handles his business. Well, see, that to me is
1: amazing because we're talking about being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Like that, the fact that I even would pose the question, isn't that problematic enough to me? It is. Like for Parcells, Parcells, there was still a point where he was willing to go and do that. And I don't don't know if that was to prove a point, of I can do it anywhere I need to do it. I don't know if it was Jerry just backed up the truck and it was enough money and, you know, Jerry laid off for a couple of years before he started getting back involved again. If you're not willing to go there where I think, I don't think you're that far away. I don't think they're that far away from competing legitimately for a championship. So if you have the right guy in place, setting the right tone, they're right there again. But... If that's what's keeping me again, it's like one more reason for Jerry to actually take a look in the mirror, which just doesn't ever seem to happen.
2: Well, what was the last big-time hire they got? When was the last time they won the hiring cycle? When they went with Mike McCarthy, no one was sitting back going, oh, oh, the Cowboys did it. They made the big hire. When the announcement came down, everyone goes, Mike McCarthy? How is he even in consideration? Yeah. Right? So that one, before that, it was Garrett no one else on earth was trying to hire Garrett. Garrett had well, been there. And before that, it was what? Wade Phillips, who had been around quite a while. You go back to Parcells. Is that probably was probably the last time they made a big splash it. at head coach. It's not as if they're in the running for the best candidates. They never are.
1: To Troy's point, one last thing. If he's 81 years old, there ought to be a level of desperation as to what's going on. There there ought to be. And if that means I gotta change who it is who's running this thing as opposed to just being comfortable. Well, people who are comfortable, Joe, they don't go and win. They don't go and win. That's all there is to it. You were talking about this quite a bit yesterday. Change it—the idea of changing it up every ten years. To ten years, if you're in jobs long term, so that you don't remain too comfortable.
2: You don't burn out. Yeah. You don't remain comfortable. You don't get complacent. Things of that nature. I'll throw this out too, real quick here at the end. I think we make such a big deal out of out of the cowboy job. And, and the way they're doing things and how they don't get it right, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. It's not like Jerry's sitting there listening to everyone else saying, no, I need to get someone in here who's going to take us over the top. They don't honestly care that much. If they did, they would make smarter decisions. Like, they make these decisions because it's what's in the best interest of, like, what makes them comfortable, right? Jerry needs to be uncomfortable because the last time he was uncomfortable, he was competing for Super Bowls.
1: Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, SiriusXM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. It was quite the little argument that we had yesterday in reference to Josh <laughs> Allen and Lamar Jackson, and uh, who is facing the most pressure. And a Super Bowl champion wants to weigh in on that. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. When you are this great quarterback, at some point, doesn't actually winning a title matter. You can't be Brett Favre or other great quarterbacks who were fantastic at making plays on the run and eventually extending plays and throwing a ton of touchdowns but then throwing a bunch of interceptions too and not eventually get your team over the hump.
2: There's no one with more pressure than Lamar Jackson. It's not even close. How many MVPs does Allen have? He's got zero. How many is Lamar Jackson about to have? Two. How many playoff wins does Josh Allen have? He's won in the postseason at least a handful of times. Right. Lamar's done nothing in the playoffs. You cannot be be the one seed and not have the most pressure to finally deliver something in the playoff. Lamar's got to get to the AFC championship. He's a nine and a half point favorite over Houston.
1: It's a very interesting argument, and we had it quite a bit yesterday. I know it continued this morning with the guys on like with Canty, Evan, and Michelle. And Mr. Canty, Super Bowl champion that he is, joins us right now chris canty of course of unsportsmanlike canty it's your old partner the one that you bailed on carlin (laughs) along with joe Wow!
0: listen i know i offended your better sensibilities this morning when i didn't mention you in the conversation for best beards at espn i apologize it was a slight oversight
1: Although I do stand by my list. Yeah, I kind of stand by your list too because I sent Canty a text, Joe, this morning as they were going over the best beards at ESPN, uh, and I said, "Canty, I'm I'm offended. I feel attacked." And then I looked in the mirror and realized, like, my beard's all white. It's it's just it's not good. And it's, there's like it's a, not a
2: thick, a, robust beard. Well, and I can
1: grow it out, yeah. but then I just look like a, a bald Santa, and who needs that?
2: Like, I, I I'm don't okay need that. with that. Santa's a very likable character. San, Santa's very likable. Yeah, I mean,
0: but listen, one of, what, listen, Colin. One of my top three was Carlos Boozer.
1: I mean, he, <laughs> he's bald, but he's got a fantastic beard. He does. I he does, but I need to go get in the game. If you know what I'm saying, get a little. Yeah, Maybe with your beard
0: on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. Although you'll be able to tell right away, which will make it even more fantastic. Uh, Canty, <laughs> let's let's just start here with this argument that we were having today. I know you guys were talking about it. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, who's facing more pressure divisional weekend? I
0: mean, relative to their accomplishments on the field, it has to be Lamar Jackson, but based on the perception of who they are as players, I would have to say it's Josh Allen. I was having this conversation off-air with Mike Greenberg this morning about if you were drafting drafting quarterbacks to start a team and your choices were Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, who you taking? And he said unequivocally, Josh Allen. And I looked at him a little sideways because – When you think about their two resumes, Lamar Jackson is about to have multiple MVPs, one of which is unanimous on his resume. Guys, if you have multiple MVPs, you're going to be wearing a gold jacket at the end of your career. You're a Hall of Famer. And yet, the majority of people will say they want Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson to start a team. It is an absolute head-scratcher to me. So if you want to base it on the expectations that the players establish by what they've done on the field, then it's Lamar. But based on the perception of who Josh Allen is as a physical talent at the quarterback position, I would say it's him because he has to have something substantive to validate it. He doesn't have any MVPs. He at least needs to have a Super Bowl appearance to justify being a top three, top four quarterback in the league.
2: Excellent points. Excellent points. And this is a great debate because you can make excellent points on both sides. When it comes to Jackson Jackson, The thing is, you're right. Headed for a second MVP. He is a world-class talent. He has done nothing in the postseason. And if this was his third season in the NFL, it would be understandable. But he's been around long enough where, at this point, if he's going to be considered great – Like, you got to go win some games in the playoffs. We used to kill Peyton Manning because he only had one Super Bowl. Drew Brees only had one Super Bowl. The Chargers could never get to the Super Bowl, and yet here we are. Jackson has one wild card win. And when you're a one seed off a bye at home facing the Texans, to me it stands out as he's the guy with the most pressure this year because the path is so much easier. Yeah,
0: I mean, the path does seem like it's easier, and this is the second go-round where Lamar has had the number one seed in the AFC. So all of the regular season success that he's been able to have, it's got to mean something once we get to the postseason. Joe, I'm with you. Competitive greatness matters a whole hell of a lot when you start comparing um, the best to ever do it. And so Lamar has earned the right to be in that conversation, but along with that level of privilege comes an amount of pressure. And so, yeah, he absolutely has to produce. I'm not sitting here saying that there's no pressure on Lamar. He's got to be able to get something done, and especially when he's going head-to-head against the youngest quarterback to have ever won a playoff game in C.J. Stroud, a guy that won his first playoff game 22 years and 102 days old. You've got that game at home, and you've got the better team, the better roster talked about him, the better defense, the better supporting cast. This is a game that you absolutely have to win, and you absolutely have to back up the MVP caliber season with a deep playoff run. Can I ask quickly, are you under arrest? No, I'm not under arrest. I'm in New York City traffic. Yeah. I don't know what they got going on at the Javits Center, but I've been on the West Side Highway for approximately an hour.
2: Uh, I was going to say, I'll probably
0: get out and walk to my apartment quicker.
1: Yeah, I, I was about to say, Canty joining us from an episode of Law and Order at SVU right now. Uh, well, you know, he, wait, but you know what? But you know what, Colin, uh, the Josh Allen defenders. I don't know. I might have to go into
0: witness protection. They feel a bit like the QAnon people right now. If you say anything negative about Josh Allen, it's all of a sudden blasphemous. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. The guy has played in 17 regular season games this year. He's only had three games where he hasn't had a damn turnover. He's had a career
2: high for turnovers this year. Guys, I don't understand it. I'll give you the reason. I'll give you the reason I don't he kid. is he is and I'm not saying anyone has to agree with this. The reason he has the defenders he has, he is extremely likable on a very likable football team. That's the thing. He doesn't play for the Cowboys, he doesn't play for the Giants, he doesn't play for the Raiders. He plays for the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are like everyone's favorite, second favorite team, right? You have your team, and then you root for the Bills because you see Bills Mafia, and everyone kind of cracks you up, and they make you smile, and he's a really nice guy. He gives back a lot to the community. I think that's why he's got the level of defender that he has is that he's just a real sweetheart of a human being. And Lamar Jackson's not a nice guy. That's not – now. okay, now, this is what we normally do in these conversations. That's not what – I didn't say (laughs) that about Lamar. I'm just saying I think that's why you're met with the resistance you are with Josh Allen because he's so beloved by people.
1: Headline, Fortinbaugh says Lamar's a jerk.
2: Fortinbaugh says Lamar Jackson worse than Kim (laughs) Jong-un. Canty, we're about out of time, but I got to ask
1: you a philosophical question. Um, Tonight, you have gotten into many halls of fame in your career. Um, you know, just, you know, high school, college, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if you're in Virginia yet, but you obviously should be. Uh, Point is this. Yeah, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. We got to stack
0: the voting, but I'm on my way. It's nice to remind you
1: of that. I am getting into (laughs) one tonight uh, in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, at my first job ever. I did not know my wife then. Is she the person that I have to thank in this speech?
0: Uh, Yes, you do. You have to thank your wife. Okay. Yep, she did not make wife. the trip. She supports. She supports you. She's been with you a lot, a big part of your journey. Like you have to thank your wife. Yeah. You okay.
2: Let me ask you this: if, uh, I didn't even know that. It, I didn't know that it was on the board where you you could not thank your wife right. in those it's, instances. It's, let, don't, don't he, try not to ruminate on that. It's going to drive you insane. Just think of it like this, Carlin. If you had done what you did in Williamsport, and then after that phase of your career was over you immediately went to prison for the rest of your life, would you still be getting into this Hall of Fame? No. Then you can go ahead and credit a lot of this to your wife.
1: That's a fair there break. you go. Yep. That's there right. you go, big fella.
0: There you and, go, Fortinbault. Way to break yeah. it down for. It's like the, the guy problem. doesn't want to thank
2: his wife. What do you, How do you deal with that? So to be how clear, do you even, to, I, I have no
0: to, idea. Yeah. To be I have well,
2: no to, to be clear,
1: what you're saying is, if I hadn't met my wife, I'd be doing 25 to life down the road at Lewisburg Federal. That's <laughs> <I> mean, fine.
2: <laughs> Anyone out there want to disagree with that assessment? <laughs> Camty, beyond her. Don, favorite on ESPN bet. <laughs>
1: Canty, de- appreciate it, brother. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Good luck Bye with the now. traffic. Yeah, Godspeed oh, on the on the West Side it. Highway. Oh, my God. I've been there too many times. It's Carlin versus Joe. ESPN Radio. There's no debate on which head coach is facing the most pressure in the divisional round. That's next after Joe tells you about this. No, I'm sorry. It's our friends at Indeed, which means that is a Chris Carlin-only read. <laughs> they demand it to be read by me, and thus it will be read by me. Carlin only. Carlin only. And I, of course, am just vamping until I get it up here. Now, Joe... The new year, and that's probably not the best way to put it. The new year is the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed. The hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle, start hiring at Indeed.com credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. A lot of people talking about it. It's really now for the San Francisco 49ers, and it's really now for Kyle Shanahan. If you're the genius, you got to get over the hump here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I did enjoy the um, brash tone to Kyle Shanahan as he's talking about preparing for the divisional playoff this past weekend while the Cowboys-Packers game was going on. We were already
2: in here, so you know we were doing it that day. We had mixed in a little bit earlier in the week, you know, hitting up a couple teams, but um, started really focusing on them halfway through the second quarter. Then they scored at the end of the second quarter, so I kind of did both at halftime, and then third quarter I was set on one team. <laughs> And, Jerry, uh, if that's not enough for you to consider moving on from McCarthy, I don't know what is. Yeah, Other I, coaches are laughing at you. And, and making it public.
1: Yeah. And doing it.
2: He, wow. he knew exactly what he was doing. When you, it's, only, it's one thing to hear that audio. When you watch it, Shanahan's eyes light up, and he starts smiling right before he says it. He knows what he's
1: doing. <laughs> he absolutely does. He absolutely does. Now, the thing I'll say, though, for Shanahan is, like – he has put the 49ers in really good positions. They've done great jobs of building their roster, of getting to a Super Bowl. But this like this, is it, Joe. Like, this has to be it, doesn't it? Because when we look at the NFC right now, it could not set up any better for him. Christian McCaffrey is going to be ready to go this week. I don't know what else they could have go their way than the way things played out here. Not that they were even worried about the Cowboys, because we're sitting here um, saying that the Cowboys had to get somebody else to pick them off to have a chance. Like, there's, there's really no excuse possible left for the 49ers right now.
2: This season goes one of two ways for Kyle Shanahan. One, the good. He goes on to win the Super Bowl, and he elevates himself to the class of coach that is right below Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. He becomes the next great thing. He's already a rock solid head coach. Belichick has established himself as the greatest of all time. Reed is kind of right there with him. Reed's that guy that, had he not existed for like the entirety of the Belichick era, we'd be looking at him differently. But because he's in that era, it's kind of like Drew Brees when being asked to stack up with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like those two carried the mantle for so long, it's tough to slide in there and get your attention. But it's Belichick and Reed and then. If he wins it this year, it's Kyle Shanahan because when he took over in San Francisco, that was a downtrodden franchise. They're coming off a two and fourteen season under Chip Kelly, who was coming off the Jim Tom Sula era, who was coming off the end of Harbaugh. He went ahead and he turned this team around. He'll have won a Super Bowl. He'll have been to two Super Bowls as the head coach of the Niners. He'll have been the four NFC Championship games, and most importantly, he'll have shown. Everybody around the world that he took the last pick in the NFL draft at the most important position on planet earth in professional sports, and he won a Super Bowl with him. Kyle Shanahan wins the Super Bowl this year. He is up there as a top three coach in the NFL, and it's not even debatable. One now, thing I would. Uh, no, 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 hold go on. on. Go ahead. Now, if he doesn't win the Super Bowl this yeah. year, the conversation around Kyle Shanahan is that he's the same thing as Mike McCarthy. He just can't get it done when it matters. He was the offensive coordinator of the 28-3 meltdown uh, with the Atlanta Falcons and the New England Patriots. He led the Kansas City Chiefs 20-10 to entering the yep. fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. They got outscored 21-0. His offense scored zero points in the fourth quarter of that game. He was in an NFC championship a couple years ago against the Rams, who went on to win the Super Bowl. Could have won that game. You can blame the safety all you want for dropping the layup INT. Could have won that game, and they didn't. So this year for Shanahan, he either vaults in the top three or he goes ahead and he turns into a guy who can't win the big game like Mike McCarthy. But having said that, like, I, I do think it's a little bit
1: crazy to suggest that the 49ers should move on from Kyle Shanahan as some are. Like, when they talk about. Who? If, Who's if saying it, that? I, I've Because I've heard people say that all of a sudden, and not necessarily after this year, but like, Soonish, you know, like they're on the hot seat. He and John Uh Lynch are on the hot seat. year. Those people are idiots. Those people are idiots. Like there has that has been out there that they are not getting as much as I think there's pressure on them. There's not hot seat pressure like McCarthy with the Cowboys is different than this is. This is they built the entire organization from the bottom up and put it in this position, and now they have to figure out how to get it over the hump. But you're not going to bring somebody else in to do that right now.
2: No, no, not at all. Like, the pressure on Kyle Shanahan is is like the golden boy who's coming out of the Ivy Leagues, right? Right. Like, we have the – there's pressure on you to go ahead and continue delivering greatness because we've been watching you deliver greatness, like, that's it. It's just the next step of your evolution. Someone who grows up high honors in high school, goes to a great college, has a ton of success there. The internships, then they go out in the real world. There's just kind of pressure to, like, find that next gear because there's such high expectations for you because you've shown us that. But, that's but, what Kyle Shanahan has done. No hot seat talk.
1: Well, I, I agree, but look at the organization we're talking about, and I think that's where it's based out of, that you had Bill Walsh and company build that organization or build that uh, era of the 49ers that you had Harbaugh and company build the era of the 49ers that got back to the Super Bowl uh, just what 10 years ago at this point. So they have that history of having those guys that do get them either over the hump or very close to it.
2: Well, he's, he's already done a better job than Harbaugh. Harbaugh got to and lost the super bowl, just like Shanahan did. But mm-hmm. Harbaugh has been delivering in NFC championship games as, as well. The thing is I, I was there when they lost Harbaugh and they went to Jim Tomsula and then the chip Kelly, like mm-hmm. they are in really good shape. The thing that they stack up against, that's been so tough in that town is the golden state warriors.
1: So who is going where as far as the head coaches? Our guy has got answers next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.